You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. to another edition of the stardom road podcast here on the count out podcast network i am your host as always scott edwards and this is spooky season so what better way to get into spooky season than bringing my co-host trent breward over well i don't know what to say to that uh are you saying that i'm a hideous deformity are you saying no, the no, actually is enough to bring fright into little children? I'm actually saying you like Halloween. Do I? Um, you came up with this episode idea, so by I default, did come up yes. with the episode idea. It's I'm very excited and very happy to be talking about today's episode. I just don't know whether I'd say I'm a Halloween guy. I'm Australian. We don't celebrate Halloween. It's a it's an American institution that has been yeah. co-opted by a couple of places, but it doesn't really have a lot of traction here. But so you know, it does have traction thing. in the Trent household. Um, Masks and costumes. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Specifically the wearing of them by people that wouldn't normally wear them. Didn't even didn't even let me guess. <laughs> I was gonna give a guess and you just cut me right off so i trusted that you would know what i was going to say because we're like i, I did i did i'm still a little hurt well anyways yes we are doing the mask fiesta and costume change battle royals in the spirit of halloween dressing mm-hmm. up as something else right wearing masks dressing up in costumes that is the spirit of halloween in many ways so it's only fitting that we dive into those of the stardom history what's so funny about these two two um events are we gonna call them events i think we call Mass them Fiesta events. one event. of them yeah mass fiesta was an event the battle royal was part of a wider event which we'll go into sure but i think it's, it's an event these great happenings mm-hmm. yeah and they're two that people still talk about today there if they were if stardom were to bring one thing back I think this would be like the top choice for some people. I, I am a very large and loud proponent of bringing back the costume change battle royal anytime it makes even the simplest, uh, the littlest amount of sense. I will chirp up and act like this is the greatest injustice known to man. It it doesn't help that there is now a Halloween show, so it's like yes. I mean, there should be one or the other. At We've had point? Stardom in Showcase. We had four of those. We've had, got this Halloween show coming up. If ever there was an opportunity to bring back either of these things that we're talking about, it would be at shows like this. And I think to a certain extent the spirit has come back, but mm-hmm. it's not the same. We got teased at the first Stardom in Showcase. Kogama and Tam swapped their costumes. Which but great. that was just a tease. I want the main event. I want the full thing. And I feel like... With all these extra shows that they're running these days, and you know that's that's wearing some people thin, including the roster. Um, I feel like the these themes would be really good to bring back to mm. keep things lively, and 
I don't know. I think I think the roster would obviously have fun with it. They they did back then. They did now. But um, we're going to do an entire podcast episode on it because Trent said so. So yeah, and that's the bottom line, really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to keep going. I was going to see how long I could keep going before I just like got it, but. I don't want to anymore. Anyways, it's a good choice though. I, I once he brought it up, I was like, you know what? Yeah, we'll never have another Halloween episode idea, but yeah, let's, let's yeah, yeah. Now. We're, we're using up all our Halloween stuff, um, unless you know we can always cover the upcoming Halloween show, starting in showcase maybe this time next year, depending on what its future is. But these are definitely the Halloween-centric stuff that we can talk about. And, you know, we discussed maybe splitting them into two episodes or just doing it as the one. You know, I think one is the right way to go about it. You know, just this is kind of all in of itself and a bit of fun. And, yeah, look, it's Halloween, so it's fun to do something a little bit different. We're not talking about super deep lore history. Um, but in saying that, I think especially like with the Costume Change Battle Royal, it is something that if you go into with no knowledge of the history of stardom, it can be a little overwhelming and confusing, especially like, say, 2018. You're looking at a lot of roster going, who are you and who are you imitating? This is true. This is true. But you'll have a lot of fun watching it. And don't worry. Next year at Halloween, we can do the Momo masks. We'll be fine. It's funny. We'll just do it. <laughs> the deep lore behind Momo. that. Hey. The Momo hey, masks that weren't lore. connected to either of the Momos. Laura's lore, baby. That's what we do. Um, I think it's a great idea. But I'm looking forward to getting into this episode. So, Trent, take us away. So, obviously, there's two main things we're talking about here. I think we'll start with the Mask Fiesta because that was the one that debuted first. It started in 2014. Both of these finished in 2019 for now. Yeah, we'll still hold on to hope that one day they may, might make a return, but they sort of start in 2014 with the Mars Fiesta, so that's where we're going to start. And I think before we jump too deeply into it, it is also worth mentioning that with the whole Mars Fiesta stuff, I think there's a couple of reasons why they do it, but one very big reason is, quite simply, Rossi is a mark for Lucha Wrestling and the masks mm. that come with Lucha Wrestling. So this is the perfect opportunity for him to sort of get to live out his fantasy of running a Lucha Libre promotion. I think that, one, I love that. He was just like, I love Lucha. So I need, <laughs> I just need to fully embrace the masks, you know? Mm. I think that's fantastic. And one of my favorite parts about the Mask Fiesta is that the roster completely buys into it as well yes. um i think it's worth remembering like it's hard to wrestle in a mask so asking your entire <laughs> roster who doesn't is like the funniest thing in the world to me and they mm. all had this these cool creative masks and i'd love to see them like i'd love to own one let alone see them um but but i think the fun part is like seeing them try to wrestle in them and try to and create these whole new characters within mm. them because they're you know they're luchadoras in yes. a lot of ways which is a lot of fun of maybe it's the most fun part for me is them making their own characters and this is where like something like this mass fiesta where they're doing it once a year the question inevitably comes how much do you invest in this because the masks aren't cheap 
to make or to then, you know, if you look at how much oh, they sell no. for after the fact. These aren't like cheap $20, you know, spandex bought off of Mexico stuff. These are custom made. They're very intricate. I figured out why they don't do this anymore. They put all <laughs> of that budget into Starlight Kids for each show. Yes. Because she has a new yes. mask every show. So they said, you know what? We're just going to put our budget into one person with budget masks. Sorry. And I think yeah, that's that, hilarious. That's, that's the real reason why Queen's Quest had to give up their masks. And yeah, Maya would only get to keep budget. hers because it's grandmothered in, basically. Yes. Yes. The Queen's Quest wasn't somehow grandmothered in. Everyone but Maya's was. <laughs> um, I think that's perfect. I think it's mm. perfect. And the the my favorite theme of these shows is that you can just turn them on and have fun that's the same goes yeah. for the costume change battle royal but these are shows so it's just yeah. a different vibe from start to finish you know what you're getting into once you buy that ticket yeah look this is a very unique show you're not getting blindsided by what's happening here it's presented as mass fiesta a few of these ran uh back to back with normal shows so these sort of run at the end of october which is when the goddess of stardom tag league is also happening so for a couple of years like you would have the tag league in the afternoon and then maybe take a little bit of a break and then at the very same venue, very same talent and stuff, they'd run the Mars Fiesta. So it's yeah, it becomes a bit of an event in itself and it's designed for the hardcore fans. You know, this is every show that we're talking about here was held in Shinkiba first string in Tokyo. And if you're watching during this time, you know, mid two thousand tens through to the end of that sort of decade, Shinkiba was the home ground for stardom. Now, like, they've outgrown Shinkiba. They outgrew it once Bushiroad took over and once they sort of were able to start packing the arenas more post-COVID, like, it was just too small a venue for the amount of people they draw on average. Uh, but for the time period it was, if you went to a Shinkiba show, it was dedicated more to the slightly hardcore fans who know the characters, who know the gimmicks, understand the stories going on. You get a lot more storytelling in Shinkiba. And they're also the crowd that would come to appreciate uh, this kind of show because it is inverting what you expect. It's taking characters and throwing them in new situations. And a lot of the fun, as you kind of mentioned, Scott, is seeing, oh, this wrestler I like, how do they work with a mask and a different gimmick where they're not expected to be playing the exact same character? And it is interesting to see which wrestlers kind of really dove in all in on this kind of concept and who was just kind of like, oh, I'm the same person, but I'm wearing a mask and working at half pace because this is a bit of a comedy show. It's the ones who fully commit that we appreciate the most. Mm. Yeah. And I think and, that the same goes for both events that yes. we're talking about today. Um, you know, some people just begrudgingly take a part of it. But there's so many that love it, and, you know, you can kind of tell when they're in the main event. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you know, this the event dates back to 2014? Yes. Yes? Yeah. And I just love, like, some of the names they came up with. Like, that's part of my – like, that's – half of that's the best part. It's mm. like, well, how creative did they get with the names and – and we're gonna we're gonna say some of them as we go through the shows, obviously, just to be like, can you guess who this is based <laughs> off of the name? Some are some easy. Some are a bit more obvious. And some are not. Yeah. <laughs> At all. <laughs> um is is there before we kind of keep going, is there a mask from the mask fiestas that you particularly like? Oh, see, I've, some of these were really well designed and some of them are kind of basic but in a fun way. 
Um, yes. In terms of like the, the the mask and even like the overall getup that I thought stood out the most, and I sort of look at it and go, I kind of want to see this brought back more often, is Mai Watani in 2019 when she does the Fantastic Girl gimmick. Now, for mm. the years prior, she was doing Mayu Chika, which is a completely different gimmick. She's dressed different. Uh, it's played off in a completely different way. 2019 with Fantastic Girl, the mask looks fantastic. The getup looks like... If you showed me a picture of her and just said, this is how she normally looks, I would buy it and I would consider her a main event level luchadora because it just looks spot on. Some of the gimmicks and uh, get-ups that we see through these shows are obviously one-off kind of jokey stuff, but this looks legitimately top uh, top tier uh, and she looks fantastic with it. I'd love to see it brought back. Mayu pulls off the luchadora the best mm-hmm. um and i think her style plays that obviously but i noticed that like even even the character of mayu chica which i love i just think it's like it's so much fun because the the costume's ridiculous yes right it's like you know she's wearing like like uh not leggings but um uh stockings what, i can't think stockings stockings and like no shoes or anything and she's like doing the she's just doing the mayu moves and it's like excuse me and it's like she just commits so much and i think that's again what makes her so great and i understand people listening to this may be like oh well this isn't my this is my chica completely my chica my second favorite wrestler of all time It's also Anyways, worth noting that yes, she does everything that Mayu does. She also does like the snap mare into the uh, yes. roundhouse kick, penalty kick, and then remembers she's not wearing any protection on her feet. There's no kick pads. There's no boots. She's just slammed her bare foot into someone's back, and she regretted that. But that was again like just a beautiful little spot in that, and adds to that kind of comedic nature of the show. The 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 beauty of the character. That is what mm. that is, and it, yeah. And that is, again, full commitment to knowing your character and who you are. And that's what you have to do when you're wearing a mask. Wearing mm. a mask is hard. You you know, like, not everyone is Starlight Kid, right? Like, yeah. not everyone is that good at expressing the emotions like she does with the mask. And it's because she wears it all the time. It takes time. And mm. I think that is, again, my favorite part of this is, like, how do... How do they work through wearing the mask? Like, obviously, they're not wearing, like, a cane mask where you can't breathe or anything, right? They're wearing lucha masks. But still, there is the distraction of having something over your face and seeing and just the little things like that. And how Mm. Are they able to express the emotion you're looking for? Oftentimes, the answer is yes for, like, some of the better ones. And this is this great main event that we'll get into, obviously, where I think they all did so well at that. But yeah, that's that's again, that's one of my favorite parts. Just the the difficulty of the mask, but also the beauty of the mask in many ways. There is an argument to be made that I think any wrestler who go, gets into the business long term, I think should maybe do a stint as a masked wrestler because it mm. forces you to adapt and grow in a certain way. Like you look at someone like not to talk about men's wrestling here and be, you know, that kind of person, but How you look at someone you. like yeah, Sami Zayn, who started yes. his career as El Generico. And the classic thing is, like, how could you put someone as expressive as Sami Zayn behind a mask? Well, the reality is, like, he gained a lot of that expressiveness through El Generico. 
And you take someone like Starlight Kid, if and when she eventually does demask and wrestle without a mask, she's got all these years of learning how to emote, how to express with that restriction. And yeah. she's so good at it as it is. Once she transfers in that situation, she's going to be the Sami Zayn kind of level of expressiveness amongst Joshi because she's had that experience. Yeah, I think Sami Zayn's always the best example. Um, mm. It's Sami Zayn's a very unique example, obviously, because you know, he chose to wear the mask. It's not like yeah. it was a handed down family <laughs> thing, you know. Um, but I do think Starlight Kid has that potential, and I think. For me, one of my favorite parts about like masks and stardom does come with the Queen's Quest aspect. Mm. Now they get to take them off, so it's different. But I think like when I first started watching stardom, that connected with me. I, I think that's part of the reason I take a liking to Starlight Kid. It's because she actually does wrestle in the match. She's the only wrestler on the roster that does. It makes her unique, it makes her stand out. And like you said, when she inevitably takes it off, because I think we all know it will happen eventually, it's going to be really interesting to see what she's able to do. But I, I think she's going to kill it, obviously. Yeah. Um, but again, part of the part of the fun of this conversation is for this show, everyone wore masks. Yeah, everyone's on a level pegging with that. Um, although yeah. Starlight Kid, to be fair, for a few of those years, she was just Starlight Kid. She didn't change her gimmicks. And so she's like, oh, you guys have to adapt to me. And then in the final year... funny if the reverse was she just didn't wear it. <laughs> it would have been a, a very... Like, if it wasn't for the fact you're trying to keep it a secret... Would have ruined yeah. the mystique. Yes. Yeah, just throwing away kayfabe on a random non-canon one-off show that's all about the joke. Um, but it is kind of funny looking at 2019, and she changes up her character ever so slightly. She's not Starlight Kid. She's Dark Starlight Kid. Uh, and now, obviously, in 2023, we've had a couple of years of the evolution of that, the actual Starlight Kid that's gone bad, gone to Oweto Tire. And you see bits and pieces of like what would become of her in this match with Mini Iotica, which, of course, is Azumi, who inherited the costume from Io Shirai, who was not big Eotica, just normally Eotica. I think uh, it's so funny, like, uh, seeing Azumi in a mask, I just sit there, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> like, she wrestles like she should be wearing a mask, yeah. almost. And I know the Queen's Quest connection, she had a mask, but there's a difference, right? Wrestling she in the mask, it's like... Like I almost feel like like if you watched Asmi, you'd be like, ah, she was a lucha wrestler, right? You know, like she she did that, right? No, yeah. she actually didn't. Um, there's a lot of characters like Black Fuzzy Peach made me laugh, um, which is just Momo, obviously. Mm, yeah, uh, for, the, yeah, for those who know. which is less unique in 2023, but like she had the softball gimmick when she came in, transferred the Queen's Quest, sort of the baseball bat comes back for for this gimmick for a couple of years. I obviously don't want to give away one of the MVPs of it because I think we're going to talk a little bit about that match, but mm. shout out the Black Jungle Fairy. So, sorry, who are, you, who are you praising here? I just want to... Black Jungle Fairy. I don't know mm. what you're talking about. I'm not praising <laughs> anyone else. Well, she, she, is... she's someone who adapted We're in kayfabe here. <laughs> we're in kayfabe here. Come on. Every year was different. She was Black yeah. Jungle Fairy. She went to a couple of different versions. In 2016, she was wrestling in a full gorilla suit just to really mix things up. <laughs> this is still the best one. It doesn't matter. This, is the, <laughs> this, is, this was the winner. 
Yeah. You can say whatever you want about uh, about the gorilla suit or whatever. No, this was the winner because this one this one came with tricks. This one came with it was fabulous. It was just fabulous. Well, I think this whole match, and I think we we should probably just jump straight into it because it's arguably the best example of the mask fiesta as a concept oh, as a gimmick. A yeah, and like, as my chica, I mean, come on, <laughs> that always helps. Um, yes, but you get a great mix of the comedic stuff, and there's a lot of comedy in here, and you get enough in ring action, which is something that does get sacrificed a bit on these shows. Like they do take it easy. They wrestle at half pace. It's more about the in joke than the pure in ring stuff. But this match main events given about 15, 20 minutes. So it has a bit more time to breathe. It has time to evolve as a match and you get the best of both worlds here. So it's a great jumping in point. Uh, do you want to introduce it for us? Scott? Yeah. So the main event was, and you have to watch the pre-match promos strictly for, um la gatita gati, gatita saki yes. kashima just completely zoning out and not saying anything after mayuchika and uh is it um dame de panko is that how you say yes. dame de panko aka tam nakano um they were, like, they were talking right exactly they were talking it up right previewing the match mm-hmm. and then and then saki's just sitting there like this <laughs> and obviously this is bad audio because you're not looking at me but she just stared into the camera and then and perfectly tam and Mayu just turned and like hello <laughs> it's so it's perfect <laughs> and it's like it again this is just kind of playing to that the time in starter as well and the 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 liveliness and the friendliness and the fun going on with that roster obviously right like it was just so mm. Like just little things like that were so good, oh, and yeah. Mayu and Tam had a lot of those, whatever the moments were. Um, but watch the pre-match, and then they were facing the the incredible team of the Black Jungle Fairy, Bear Dog, and <laughs> Night Bear. None of those, mind you, are Koguma. I just want to. No, yeah, this I know is before people, she's back. Yes, I know some people may go into it like, oh, what? A, no, no, no. This is 2018. She's still re- mm-hmm. very much retired. Um, but Ruaka, Natsuko, Tora, and Jungle Kiona making up that other team. It's it's wild, if for nothing else, seeing in this and also one of the costume change battle royal matches, seeing Natsuko Tora kind of acting kawaii and cute. Because this gimmick is a little bit different. It's a bit more colorful, a bit happier and stuff. And not that she's going full ball with it. She's not pretending to be Tam Nakano here or anything. No, but no. you just get those little glimpses of like her breaking out of the normal character. And this is what we're talking about, where it's fun seeing the wrestlers work with a different gimmick, work with a different concept. It can unlock certain things for wrestlers. But, but, but between what she had to do in this, right? Mm. And Natsuko, that is. And the costume change battle royals, she just really got tested in every market. And I think yep. that's part of the reason why she's so good at the actual role she does now, no matter what people think about her. I think she's very good at it. Um, sure. But like she really had to she really had to play the line there. And I think mm-hmm. that is really the beauty of this entire these two um, ideas, mask fiesta and costume change because it makes people have to go outside the box and and if you know Natsuko now you're just going to watch this and be like excuse me 
She's and good. it's glorious. She's good. It is. Yeah. It is glorious. Much like this match, which was yes. glorious. Yeah, it's I, I think probably the, the biggest highlight of this particular match. And I guess spoilers, if you haven't seen a 2018 non-canon show, like if it, it, it this is not the show to care about spoilers, but if you really care, my apologies, I'm going ahead with it anyways. The the highlight of this match, I think, has to be Tam stealing the magic wand from jungle oh, sorry, Black Fairy Jungle. Uh, which stops time. She stops time and then she changes the mask with Natsu Katora so that the other team would attack the wrong person. And it's done with the absolute biggest tongue in cheek. The crowd, like the crowd are in on it from the start. They understand what's going on. They're playing along with it. And everything just kind of comes together beautifully. Obviously, it wouldn't work because they're not changing the gear. But just a little swap of the mask and everything kind of devolves into madness. And Tam gets to play her character. It works into Tora's character. It works into everything. And it's the wonders established earlier on as well. So it's not like a, what are they doing here? This is your first mask fiesta. You don't know that Jungle has the ability to stop times with this gimmick. You're introduced to it beforehand. It's foreshadowing. It's 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 cinema, if I can uh, quote Martin Scorsese when he was re- re- reviewing this match. Could you imagine going into this match and trying to expect something here? Like trying to expect what happened? You said like you're not supposed to know. Yeah, obviously. She was <laughs> doing arm drags with a wand. <laughs> it's a very technical maneuver. This was the best. No. I'm not going to make the joke. I'm not going to make the joke. I was going to make a funny joke, but you know. Um, but th- but no, this drunk- is like, it's a Chikara, it's a DDT. It's yes. The wilder side of some of the TJPW I think, stuff. I think Chikara is like the perfect shout, really. Yeah. Um, I think that's exactly what it is. And you feel that from start to finish, even PWG, you know, they kind of got into the comedic stuff like mm. this, right? When you see the, the fake rollovers and stuff like that like they did such a good job and and jungle really was the mvp of this because without her pretty much running it right she ran the match whether it was yeah. going the lights out or freezing them freezing them killed me that killed me. <laughs> mayu had the uh had a pin on freeze everyone freeze she like took the person it was great it was great and then she just unfroze and kicked her in the face which was even better um hey Listen, I'm just I'm just saying what made the match great. If it but works, it works. Exactly. And I just think when you watch this match, just go into it with an open mind. Don't expect anything. Mm. Walk out of it just having, again, such a great time. Kind of like these events. Yes. Yeah. And that's the beauty is like what I think makes the mass fiesta work with this kind of gimmick is you know what you're getting into going in. It's not being sidelined into another show. Like they're not running these at the same time as like a big pay-per-view where you're getting super serious matches and you kind of have to change uh, perceptions of what's going on, which is the danger of any kind of, I guess, variety show level of wrestling where you're jumping back and forth between serious and comedic. The Mars Fiesta, you're going in, you know, it's in, you're in for a good time. You don't bring out the the notebooks. Don't be making star rating <laughs> notes and anything. This isn't the kind of show. But yeah, like, don't do that. Except it is five stars. <laughs> well, it's it's six stars, really. Um, but like, you know what you're getting into. It's a bit of fun. You can just kind of kick back, maybe watch it on the couch, just lying back and enjoying what is just a fun time. Uh, 
it's not yeah, you, know, you wouldn't recommend this for new fans, even if they are into the more ridiculous side of wrestling, just because I think yeah, you, know, you d- it doesn't present stardom properly, but it's more of a reward for the fans who know the wrestlers. Because you can watch this and have fun with no knowledge of everyone involved. But knowing like looking at Oedo Tai 2018-2019 when they're playing the the rookies gimmick. Right. It's it's funny if you don't know any of them, but it's a whole lot more funny when you've got the person who was training the wrestlers at the time in Kagetsu acting as a rookie while the actual rookie, Saya Ida, is dressing him down for not doing a good enough job in the ring. Like, it's little things like that, which as a hard long-term fan, you, you can appreciate the dynamics of what's going on and it adds to the humour. I, I think that's exactly right. Like, you, you benefit from knowing... You benefit mm. from knowing who they are, um, especially like I think you made the perfect point with Natsuko Tora, right? If you if you've gotten to know who Tora is now, you can so much more, or you can greatly appreciate who she is in this yeah. event. Yeah. And the same goes for like someone like Tam, because you know. And I think that, truthfully, I think that plays for a lot of early Tam is like. You want to appreciate her now, so mm. that or when you go back there, because it's just like such a such a switch flip. Like if you let, let me just say this: if you saw her back then, I don't think you would come into. Uh, if you saw her in this version first, and I told you she was world champion, I don't think you'd believe me. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that speaks true for Tam in this period of time outside of the mass fiesta too like i remember when she first came in in 2017 and you saw what she was doing and it's like she's fun she you know she connects with the fans and stuff but i wouldn't have bought her being you know a world champion the hottest star in the promotion and a main event caliber wrestler in 2023 um and it's Part of the reason why I think people should go back and watch a lot of this early stuff with some of these wrestlers is being able to better appreciate where they've come from and then transferring that to some of the new wrestlers now in 2023. Because, yeah, for every Utami who debuts like an upper mid-carder, you get four or five other wrestlers at least who coming in very raw and need a lot of work. And you can get spoilt by these, you know, can't-miss prodigies. And then not appreciate that, hey, in four or five years, the person who came in as a bit of a rough around the edges rookie is really starting to find their own. And well, I mean, you see that already in stardom with that kind of progress coming through. Someone like my Sakurai, it only took her a year to really evolve from dead in the water to someone that everyone's kind of talking up as being a fantastic lower card worker. Uh, sometimes you need she to remind yourself. Killed stuff. in these two events. She would absolutely kill it yeah she's the perfect kind of person to come in especially for the costume change battle royal not only because she would able to do wonders with whatever gimmick she's given her gimmick would be an automatic win for anyone taking taking it on cutting that promo at the end uh, yeah. <laughs> i i have i have a few questions for us at the end for funsies mm-hmm. um but yeah my sakurai would be uh perfect for for yeah. the costume change battle royal especially one thing I do want to shout out with the Mars Fiesta stuff as well, um, full respect to referee Barb Sasaki. A, because I love the referee mask. It 
it's you know the white and black stripes matching the the white and black stripes of the shirt. It looks hilarious, but it actually works. And for multiple years, he busts out some kind of springboard move to the outside, be it a moonsault, be it like a suicide dive or something. We've seen them play that off. I think I think in Showcase One, Daichi teased doing a suicide dive before being stopped by Oedo Tai. Um, but it was really fun to see um, Barb actually get to pull this off a few times. Complete, I, you know, in wrestling, you always say like there's three people, you know, a singles match. It's the two wrestlers and the referee. Well, the commitment of the mass fiesta, fiesta from even the referee makes this event as fun as it is. Except for Daichi, who gave up on his mask very early on. <laughs> See, that's okay, though, because Daichi. That's exactly the attitude <laughs> yeah. I expect him to have. Yeah, he gets a pass. He had enough. Mm. He's like, all right, no, no more. Um, but, yeah, everyone go out of your way to watch this. 2018 main event's the one we talked about. There mm-hmm. is also a 2019 event as well as the most recent event, which features Fantastic Girl, Maya Yutani, yeah. Super Riho. You figure that one out. <laughs> UDN Udon, of course, Arisa Shiki, uh, versus Black Fuzzy Peach, Gao Jr., and Jigsaw. Uh, and I do have to shout out Jigsaw. B Priestley, I think, you know, someone I didn't necessarily would I wouldn't have expected to get go all in on this kind of stuff. She's one of the MVPs of that main event because the jigsaw gimmick, she commits to it. A lot of the others in that match maybe don't go all in on a a crazy gimmick, but she does. Uh, She commits not only in the uh, entrance, but the way she wrestles as well. It's a lot of fun. Uh, uh, Which wrestlers really stood out for you with this Mars Fiesta stuff? Be it because of the wildness of the gimmick or just the execution? Oh, without a doubt, Jungle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that goes without saying. Mm. Um, Mayuchika, of course. Duh. Um, Tam killed me just because the panda always kills me. Um, I love the trainees. I think the trainees are just fantastic. Like, the idea of that is so much fun. Uh, the Evolve, Kaori evolving as a pumpkin is <laughs> very Kaori, right? Like, that's what. Would I expect anything less from Kaori? No. That's exactly what I expect. Um, I thought Hana did a fun job as well. She changed it up from year to year. She was Hanita one year, and then she was... Oh, what was the other one? Masked Gas Mask. Yes, the the very clever, unique name, Masked Gas Mask. Like, Um, what a name. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The one person I really want to shout out in this, um, and it's going back and watching these shows and the Costume Change Battle Royal, because remi- I forgot, reminded me how good they were at this kind of slightly more ridiculous stuff, and that's Konami. Yes. Like, she comes in, her costume isn't all that different. It's the mm-hmm. same kind of just white gear that she's wearing around that time. But the key difference is, A, she's wearing a mask, obviously, and she's wearing a tail because she's playing a dog. Yeah, masked one charm. She is like, we're talking about people committing to the gimmick and leaning in not only with how they're acting, but how they're wrestling. Konami does that. And to me, kind of maybe doesn't steal the show because I do think Jungle kind of wins in that aspect because she has more variety she can do with the gimmick. Uh, but I, mean, I think Konami definitely fairy. deserves a shout out here. She was a fairy. It's hard to 
beat the fairy with the wand that has magic powers. But yeah, yeah all, all uh, she can do, all Konami can do is chase a ball and have a, a plush uh, bone, which every show she was in, she utterly destroyed over people. This is true. This is and true. it was amazing. It was. Um, so, it was. yeah, when you're going back and watching the Mars Fiesta, do you watch everything? Maybe. Depends on the kind of wrestling you're into. Maybe if you're um, watching for the first time. <laughs> it's 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 a little bit dangerous to go all in with all of these at once but my recommendation is pick and choose the wrestlers that you know go all in so start with the mayu start with the tams oedo tai kagetsu especially konami kiona look for those matches and i think you get the best of mass fiesta and then you can kind of dive into some of the other stuff where yeah the gimmicks are fun but they maybe don't go all out as much or you know aren't quite as creative with what they're doing um and these are short shows there's every show it's basically under 50 minutes of action so you're not committing a long time to what's going on but if you just want a bit of fun like over an afternoon just chuck some on not have to think too hard not have to be staring then writing essays about what you've just watched you just want a good time with wrestlers that you know and recognize doing different stuff uh, the mass fiesta is a lot of fun yeah, I mean, you you kind of summed it all up. I, uh, I, I don't know if I have uh, much to say other than it's better. Like, we could talk about it all as much as we can. Mm. You got to witness it for yourself, at least yeah. the 2018 main event. Yeah, that is kind of the best example of it. Um, you, you Go with that one. The other thing I would say is 2019 – the uh, the Oeda, just the Oeda time match. That's the easiest way to describe it. It's like twenty five minutes long, and what happens is you've got all of the Oeda Tai's rookies, uh, and they're having their debut matches basically. So they do Kagetsu's there doing like the the drop, only move she knows a drop kick, and so she does that ten times, and Hanakamura's no selling it. They run to the ring. They're doing the bowing all four corners. They just commit so hard into that gimmick. And it's a it's a multi year gimmick, but I think 2019 is executed better. And then you get you know Kaori is a pumpkin. You also get Jungle Fairy. You get Mask One Charm. You know you're getting sort of the best of everything there. And look, anytime you get to see Oedo Tai doing Oedo Tai stuff, uh, especially that era, 2017, 2019, you've got to take it, take the chance. Bingo, you you know you. <sighs> You really, uh, yeah, yeah. I, this is this is my realm. Yeah, this is, this is it stuff. is. This, he, he Trent is doing what I often do, and that's say too much. <laughs> I never speak too much. What are you talking about? I'm just kidding. You didn't say too much. No, you perfectly capture what the beauty of Mass Fiesta is, and I think, and I think because of you, you're going to make more people want to see it now. And that's not good because they're going to be <laughs> heartbroken like you. And what's even worse is when we talk about the costume battle royal, costume change battle royal, it's going to hurt even more because I prefer this as the one to bring back Absolutely. because it's so simple. <laughs> it's yeah. so, like you could do it tomorrow. You know, you don't need you don't need a mass mass produced masks for the entire roster. You just give everyone different gear and you have an absolute time because it's the absolute best yeah i i I really enjoy the mass fiesta it's a lot of fun but like if it never came back i wouldn't be completely gutted because it is such a specialized concept and 
trying to run a full show just around Mars Fiesta, I think just the, the concept of it is difficult to sell in this day and age when you know, you're not going to necessarily draw a full house for these events because it's for hardcore fans and they're just drawing so many with every show they do. Costume Change Battle Royal, you can kind of just chuck on. It's, it doesn't take the, sh- the whole show. It's a one-match thing that you could just include. And to me, this is one of the – these are the gr- some of the greatest things Stardom have done. And I'm begging if any of the Stardom people are listening. I'm, I'm sure they're not. But if they were listening, please find a way to bring it back because as great as 2018 is and great as 2019s are, the cast we've got now in 2023 – there are so many wrestlers I look at and go, you would do incredible with this situation. You would have so much fun with that. And it's been long enough now that everything's going to feel fresh and unique. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, ah, I'm just so excited for the costume change. <laughs> I, so I, of- I, I've seen photos from these like for years. Like even before I think like, I fully even knew what it was. I remember seeing. Uh, I'm not gonna spoil it. I'll just <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> so I think you know before we jump in a little bit of context of with these matches because Mars Fiesta was 2014 to 2019 at the end of October every year. Action Keeper first ring. The Costume Change Battle Royal, on the other hand, was sort of on the other side of the year. It was during Golden Week, which is basically the first week of May in Japan, and it's a big sort of time period in japan where everyone just kind of goes back to their family it's a big holiday period and so stardom for a few years here used that as kind of a chance to just have a bit of fun they ran a few shows back to back to back in shinkiba first ring and what they did was every faction at the time kind of got to run a show and with that came with some some heavily gimmick stuff uh the costume change battle royal isn't the only gimmicky thing they do. They also do a Jenkin rock, paper, scissors uh, tournament in costumes as well. Um, and there'll be other things. And like on the 2018 show, they have a title match as well. Just a, a world of stardom title match. You get to versus Eo Shirai. Hey, hey, you still get a theme show at Golden Week this year, like these times. You do, but it's a little bit different. And yeah, like these it's the held in um, Loser. Yeah, look, yeah, these were all held in Shinkiba, the the home of stardom. Obviously, this year they ran down in Fukuoka, in Kyushu area, like on the other side of the country, and it was a bit of a different. You didn't let me thing. have my joke. I, I I can't let you. You're no know what you're doing. Fukuoka I know what you're doing. Uh, I can't like, plural. There's Sorry. enough pain plural. for Micah fans. I am. It's not just Micah. FWC lost too. Yeah, but we expect that by now. It's Suki. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey. FWC runs the yard, okay? I mean... Singles-wise? Yeah, I absolutely expect it. <laughs> quote, unquote, Hazuki nearly won the Battle Royale, one of these Battle Royals. Um, I think, actually, the Costume Change Battle Royals shouldn't come back because I think we have perfect winners for both. Well, they can keep it going, can't they? Well, if they keep it going, then there's only one winner. And we're okay with that. Like, I would be perfectly okay if they ran this for 10 years and Mayu won every single year. I would be okay with it because she makes it work and she's one of the best performers for this kind of show. Um, But it is hilarious that the two that they have run, it's Mayu that wins both of them. 
Well, it would be wrong. Well, Mayu killed it in both in terms of the costume change. So it's only right that she also won. Which which costume did you prefer from Mayu? Because obviously we've got two of them. 2018 was Kagetsu. 2019, she, she played her protege, Starlight Kid. Well, Kagetsu's like cheating. Because like Kagetsu's so cool. You know, it's like... And Konami did great with Kagetsu the year after, too. So, like, obviously it's Kagetsu, but her her dressing as Starlight Kid was just really funny. It's like, they spend enough time together that it's like, she's going to get every mannerism now. She's going to nail it. Uh, but obviously, I'm favoring Kagetsu. Kagetsu, the Mayu Kagetsu look might be the best one. I I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a better combination there yeah because we know how you know my own kagetsu were quite close over the years and yeah seeing seeing them kind of play off each other with that and my getting to do the full kagetsu kind of gimmick and stuff and you can tell how much fun she's having with it and that's the beauty of this show is seeing those who have kind of just lean all in on the gimmick even more so than the mask fiesta because you you get to see the reactions of the person right there like they're coming out here pretending to be you in some cases doing a better job than of you than you do um and just they have so much fun with it but yeah they ran this twice 2018 2019 part of the golden week series and yeah it's just a battle royal so technically and i i need to say technically because 2019 bends the rules a bit what you get is everyone comes out. They get like five to ten seconds in the ring to do, you know, their gimmick, their spotlight. Then they go to, to a corner, wherever their quote-unquote faction is, and everyone slowly comes out. 2019 kind of didn't commit fully to this because there was like a short gap where it's like, oh, you're almost like a Royal Rumble and how stardom do the battle royals where it's like you wrestle for a little bit, then someone comes out. There's a countdown kind of thing. The difference being like, after the first attempt, no one really wants to wrestle because they just want to enjoy seeing what everyone's doing coming out wrestling as. And there isn't enough time to actually do anything because, like, the, the gap is, like, five seconds and then they start a five-second countdown. Uh, so what happens is everyone's just kind of in the corner watching everyone kind of do the gimmick stuff, with the exception of Hanakamura and Konami, who just pick on poor Saya at every single opportunity. And is perhaps the funniest thing of the show. Yeah, this 2018 one. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I like. I mean, I just go to like the costumes. Obviously, why would mm. I pick anything else out to enjoy? <laughs> um, I mean, I you're think, here for that stuff primarily. I think that's what you look these for. I don't know, like the Mayu, my my Getsu, maybe maybe that works. <laughs> that's something. Um, yeah. That's obviously the greatest, but I love Azumi and Starlight Kid switching. I think that's lovely. Mm. Um, I think anyone would agree on that. I think if they ran it back all these years later, they'd have to do it again. Just be, you know, just it would be perfect to do it again. I like. I know the the reason I know they're never going to do this again unless they do it for the Halloween episode or Halloween show that they're starting up this year is because like everything's supposed to be so serious and whatnot like we got dragged uh dream tag festival that's the closest we're gonna get to all the friendly happiness anymore but yeah. uh i just i just want i want this i mean konami is haromi Mamora is so funny just <laughs> such a funny idea mm-hmm. and also the maybe the m the quiet mvp 
of these shows, and I know you have this down as a note, but I was going to say it anyways, yeah. is that no one in this company knows how to hit Tam's spinning kick. <laughs> Not a soul knows how to do it. Yes. Which is yes. insane to me. Because when I watch Tam hit the kick these days, I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, someone can hit that the way these people move. No, mm. they can't. No. It's just not something they could do. And and they play it off so well. I, I don't think it's any coincidence to people who get given the Tam role and kind of expected to throw that kick. Uh, and just like with the Mask Fiesta, I think Jungle Kiona is a low-key MVP for both of these shows as well. She plays she Tam Makano in the 2019 one. And throws a with that, yeah. Yeah, she she really struggles to get the kick off, as expected. She's not a kick wrestler. Yeah, it's it's one thing if you gave the gimmick to Mai or a Shuri or a Momo. You're giving it to Jungle, it's not gonna come off perfect, but that's part of the fun of it. And then she's in the corner doing the Tam stretches <laughs> to the best of her abilities, which yeah, she gets the leg up there, and even Andres Miyagi's looking over in the corner, cracking up when she realizes what Jungle's doing. The commitment to these is again the best. Yes. Mm. If you go all in, it works. AK Momo Watanabe <laughs> went all in as the one and only EO. Yes. And he even hit the goddamn 619. <laughs> hit it well, but maybe yeah. even more impressive to me is that little counter spinning cross face that EO mm. would pull out. You know, you throw the punch and all of a sudden you've been spun 360 degrees and you're stuck in a cross face. Momo hit that perfectly. And that's like, if that's not a move you're practicing regularly, to pull that off the way she did deserves real props. Hit the 619, but you could tell it's not in her moveset. The cross face looked like it should be part of her moveset. I'm not talking about MVPs of the costume change battle royal. Momo Watanabe is at the top of the list, yeah. mister. She nails these. Obviously, I think 2019 is the most, like, maybe the most prestigious look of the entire costume change idea. I think everyone has seen it. Mm. Um and it's awesome because she absolutely nails it. Uh, but we won't get to that yet. I think she's just absolutely deserves credit. And like we said, the most important part of this entire match is that Mayu Iwatani won. Yes, as she should. And like her her performances get to is fantastic. And again, this is where like if you if it works better if you were watching during the time or it's happening kind of as you're going through. So you pick up the little things because seeing her bring out the little toy truck might seem weird. And it is, but like that's what Kagetsu was doing during that time. Like they were doing full playful ridiculousness and they'd bring out the toy truck. And so you just get that little bit of an extra pop um, beyond just, oh, look, it's Mayu in the gear and it looks incredible. Like we saw her kind of adopt the the Mayu version of the Kagetsu attire for 2020 in the goodbye match. Uh, but seeing her do commit to the full black with the, the eye makeup is uh, extra special. 100%. And uh, I'm just trying to, like, put together in my head, like, why this is so good. And with Mayu, it's only right that Mayu won, right? Because Kagetsu mm. was also in the main event challenging for the World of Stardom title. So Kagetsu got Against a big wonder Who title. was the final person in the, the final two in this was the main event, which... Which is very perfect. cleverly booked. Yeah. It is a perfect touch. Like, if you just watched the costume battle royal, that's fine. You should. 
but if you add that little you add that little touch just mm. it's just the it's just the cherry on top of the perfect uh debut of this this idea and it shouldn't be too difficult to encourage people to then watch an EO Shirai versus Kagetsu match. Like, yeah, if you're being asked to watch something, those two going at it, it's a pretty easy sell. Yeah, um, it is. It is. Like, <laughs> I don't know why I'd have to sell that match to anyone, but you should watch it. That is my well, best yeah. way to. It's Stardom say. Road. Maybe people haven't learnt yet the greatness. We haven't of got Kigetsu. there yet, right? We haven't no. got to the EOS yet, and we yeah. haven't got to the Kigetsus yet. We totally haven't talked about either of them on this show ever. Um, so yeah, don't watch it yet. <laughs> Save it for when we save it for yeah. Time. Yeah, stay on track. Stay to the were theme. There, were there any other appearances here that you thought were kind of in the 2018 one? That kind of you just want to give a little bit of props to because there's one or two others that really stood out. I think Hazuki's phenomenal, yeah. Um, in both of these, because Hazuki, obviously, we look at her as someone that's like, especially back then, it's like, uh, you know, I don't want to do any of this. I don't, mm. you know, that was kind of her character, and <laughs> she was Tam, <laughs> <laughs> so it was just that much better. Uh, Hazuki, Hazuki is just such a standout, she really yeah. is. Um, and I think it's kind of fun to see her in this role because it's like where she is now. She's in the playful stars group, and it's like mm. back then it just wasn't it. It just wasn't it. But it was also exactly what we wanted it to be. Um, so that would be my last one that I'd like to give credit to. Yeah. Um, the, the one person I do want to give just a little shout out to, and it's not someone I would have expected to do for, is Candy Floss. Um, mm. She played Natsu Samira in this one. And, like, she, yeah, Samir is a, a gimmick in this that you can have a lot of fun with. You know, it's a good gimmick for this kind of thing. But for someone who's coming in as an outsider, maybe isn't as interconnected with the roster, because I'd imagine, like, the one issue with running this kind of show is if you're a younger wrestler and you're a wrestler, because of the hierarchical sense and kind of that culture of respect, especially in Japan, you might be a little hesitant to go all in, mocking and joking as one of the more experienced wrestlers, I could imagine there's a little bit of nervousness there. And for someone like Candy Floss, who's you know not Japanese, she's coming into it, uh, which again adds its own kind of unique sense of uh, pressure and maybe concerns. She does a fantastic job just playing off the Natsu Samira character. She doesn't get like tons and tons of time, but she uses it well. She understands the assignment and is a bit of a standout on this particular year. There is a simplicity to understanding the assignment mm-hmm. that is exactly what candy floss did yeah yeah and for someone saying candy floss and you don't know who that is you're welcome <laughs> uh, yeah she briefly she she joined wwe she was most i don't think she ever got out of nxt though what was her name was it still candy floss i maybe <laughs> this is the start was, of podcast. it's not a wwe one it was it she was remains candy, candy floss. floss, which yes. is stunning, and she does not wrestle anymore. Yeah, so this is your chance to kind of go back and see who we're talking about. But it's it's a very kind of yeah, you know, it's not a name you expect to hear a whole lot on Stardom Road. Yeah, you know, she didn't. She was in for a cup of coffee, not much beyond that. But she we did will a not great be job. doing a candy floss episode. This is probably about. 
the long, the longest candy floss episode you'll get. You're welcome. Uh, we, we get a decade into Stardom Road, we might be scratching for content. And if we get a decade into Stardom Road, then I better be like getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. This show won't be going for a decade. You hear? You heard it here first. We are taking sponsors. <laughs> oh, look, yeah. I'll I'll shill anything for the right amount. Uh, perhaps floss, perhaps candy. Just, stop, hey, just you have too much candy. You need some floss. We're doing a Halloween episode. You want us to pitch candy? We got you. Yes, chew. Very nice. I do like that. You're welcome. Mm. Anyways, 2019. Here we go. Yes. So 2018 is fun. It's it's a good little show. I think it relies a bit more on knowing that era because there are yeah you're getting that Sumi wrestling. You're getting uh, Kaori coming out as Mary Apache, you which is a very right. Yes, that's a very time centric gimmick. Um, 2019, I think, is a still difficult for people who aren't familiar with the time period to jump back to, but there's a little bit more there to kind of connection points and more wrestlers that you are likely to recognize even if you're not as familiar with the product during this period and i do think it's stronger top to bottom with the the gimmicks that they play off here Uh, i think that extra year probably they worked out what works and what didn't with 2018 and they really lean into the fun for 2019 so much so that when i was kind of you know watching it and making a list even though i said you don't need to be writing stuff down for these kind of shows because they're just fun you don't need to overanalyze but we're doing podcasts that's what we do we overanalyze when i was making notes for 2019 i thought i'll write down some of the names that stand out who kind of caught my eye thought they did a good job I wrote down like over half the roster, if I'm being honest. And I don't regret it because a lot of people stood out and deserved their their time to shine, which they did on this particular show. Yeah, 2019's perfection. It's it's like everything this this idea should be. Mm-hmm. Um it's just nonstop pops from myself. oh that's great oh that's great i love that it's fantastic i mean utami dressed as big daddy because she was Mm. hurt and it's like the great it's right at the beginning and i just lost it natsukatora also dressed as utami which was fantastic in its own right yeah um but big daddy just sent me i was like oh my god (laughs) like this is just ridiculous um and as i said earlier obviously konami as kagetsu just mm. phenomenal just yes. absolutely konami it you for anyone that for some reason hasn't realized it konami's just such a cool wrestler as is so mm. konami just switching it up a tad to other cool wrestlers makes her even cooler and that happened here with kagetsu which just like mayu the year before was a fantastic fantastic look you look at konami in this kind of get up and gimmick it looks like it should be what she's doing all the time and it's around the time she's in you know sort of she's not with oedo tai at this point we'd see that a, a year and a half later but like she's Getting to be a cool wrestler here with Tokyo Cyber Squad, you know, it starts to unlock a true potential compared to when she was kind of with Team Chibi and then with Queen's Quest and stuff. So this is kind of the next evolution and the hint of what's possible for, you know, Tai Konami and then Godzai Konami because every kind of iteration just kind of manages to be a little bit cooler than the next, which 
she's already pretty cool, so that's kind of an achievement to continually trend upwards on that. But Konami as Kagetsu is arguably the coolest version of her. It's a little unfair, to say the least. I mean, Konami, just it, it's probably why Konami and Oedo Tai just look so cool, truthfully. Yeah. Like, it's the closest we got, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously have to talk about Risa Shiki here. Because in course. a perfect world, this would have been her as a heel. Yeah, <laughs> very much. And it so. would have been, and it would have been amazing. So she dressed as Bea Priestley, and she just looked so badass. And I was like, ah, "Just what, just what Trent needed me to do: sit here and be sad about Arisa." I really appreciate it. No, it's awesome. It's so, it's so, it's so great to sit here and think, "Oh, what if?" Classic. Thank you. It, it's nice to see her in a different color palette, because yeah. obviously, primarily she wore the oranges, and you know she went with the white and pink for a bit which we would also see later on in this show quite hilariously with another wrestler wearing that comic uh gimmick but arisa punching out the dark colored gear you're absolutely right it was a hint at what a heel arisa hoshiki or at least a dark arisa could kind of be and like you see the way she wrestled it would have worked perfectly you got glimpses of what could have been like in early 2020 with the Utami match where she busted her open and kind of started leaning full on in the dominating, brutalizing style. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a what if, but I'm glad we got to see a glimpse of it there while she still maintains her uh, radiant smile because you can't wipe that off of her. If she kicked full into that heel gimmick after that Utami match with the look, would have been the greatest wrestler of all time. I still uh, remember pushing like when that happened and like i think when the lockdowns first happened before we knew arisa's eventual fate i remember talking and sort of talking to people and saying i want arisa to split from stars and form her own faction kind of in that tokyo cyber squad oedo tai style slightly darker slightly edgier let her be a captain and a leader and mm. lean into that kind of psychotic vicious but cool persona um, obviously, we never got it. You know, it worked out. This wrestler needs to join her and defect and come here and all of that. I was piece it all together. Doing it via a draft because that's what you did back then. You ran the stardom draft during the golden week, same as this mm-hmm. kind of time period. Obviously, never meant to be, but my fantasy booking still turned out pretty good, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, you like the fantasy book. That is the that is the result of all that. But, yeah. I I would have liked I think you but uh, I'm not doing the what if for the reason. Never mind. We're not doing this. Um I thought Tam pulled off Momo very well. Um yes. this was of course Queen's Quest Momo. Um and by default, I'm gonna bring up Momo now. I know this is a little further in the match, but Momo, of course, pulled off the Tony Storm look to perfection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is probably the the if you've seen Momo in the Tony Storm costume, I think that's like probably the most seen uh, character switch of any from yeah. this because she she pulled it off to like she looks just like Tony. She mm-hmm. did the she did the actions of Tony. It was perfect, and I think with Momo, it's so weird seeing her in a role like this. Because I really wish she got to play more into this. Ever. Let let alone in Queen's Quest. Now. Like, she never... She has a lot of character in there, I think. And I think she just, like... 
that wasn't her role in this company, mm-hmm. obviously. I would love to see her get to something like this again because I think there's just such untapped potential in someone that had a record-breaking wonder of stardom title reign. Yeah. Um, and th- this is like her as Tony is like fantastic. And I would love to, she doesn't honestly need to be Tony storm to do it, but she no. need, like something of like this character where she, she just gets to be more herself and more, active even like mm-hmm. it's like you know it's instead of I, don't, I forget exactly how you called it earlier um but it was perfect it was like uh let me let me find exactly what you said you said <laughs> oh rather than be stuck in a pouty queen that's what you yeah. called her which yeah, is true. and look the queen's quest gimmick was is always a bit more stoic in nature you know you don't see a lot of exuberance in character and you look at someone like lady c who i think really spreads her wings whenever she's separated from the group she becomes more of a character more of a gimmick momo i, I love what she's doing with oedo tai i love the heel gimmick for her i think she it suits her to a t but if you ever wanted to draw her away from that style and maybe make her more of a, a baby face again letting her lean into this kind of thing yeah, we only saw it once. It's it's not for a long time, but she seems so free. And I think there's a lot that you could work with adapting some of the mannerisms with the Tony Storm gimmick, making it her own, but maybe just giving her that freedom to not have to perform to what the Queen's Quest image was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see that freedom to an extent with Oedo Tai, but it is shoehorned into a very heelish nature. And if you want to bring her back into that more of a babyface role, learning from this kind of performance as Tony Storm, I think there's a lot you can pull from it from her. And she's young enough to find, you know, have time to find what works there. You know what's funny about, and this is now becoming a Momo conversation, or Queen's Quest conversation, mm-hmm. because I do think Queen's Quest is more of the problem than the Momo aspect. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of how that character has or not character that faction has become right. And you Mm -hmm. and me have had these conversations before. It's almost bad when a rookie or someone goes into that. Cause it's like, unless you're like Utami, it's, it's tough to break out, right? It's tough to find your full potential. Now, Saikamitani did, but she didn't do that. She started to do that before joining, right? I think Mm. she was able to start finding herself before joining. It makes it tough for the Miyu Amasaki's of the world, the Hinas of the world who's obviously yeah. been in Queen's Quest for a while. Now, I think Miyu Amasaki is benefiting from teaming with the more you know, Azumi doesn't really play to the... She does sometimes, but like, if there's anyone in Queen's Quest that gets out of that kind of like Queen's Quest meh, yeah. it is Azumi. So I do think that's helping her, but I do think like it's not even a MoMA problem. It was a Queen's Quest problem as we learn through time. Um, and I hope that they all get to expand because, you know, even Utami, we get to see her do the little things sometimes. I think that's when people love her the most mm-hmm. is when she does the um, Tam stuff and, you know, just little things like that. Um, so, again, it's seeing... It's been a struggle for Queen's Quest really from the beginning because even like Hazuki, when she's in Queen's Quest... Like, she had the lollipop gimmick, but I feel like you didn't really see her begin to unlock things character-wise until she joined Oato Tai. And I don't think it's wild that she, you know, maybe struggled to find in Queen's Quest, which is, to me, the hardest faction to grow your character. 
and then go to Oedo Tai, which I think is the easiest faction to grow your character. Because, like, playing the heel to a certain extent is just easier and it's more freeing and liberating and fun. And everyone that's kind of gone to Oedo Tai, whether they're established wrestlers or rookies, I think have had that freedom and grown character quicker than the other respective factions. Yeah, it's just a it's a struggle with Queen's Quest because of the certain image it portrays. And yeah, Utami has broken beyond that, but it was, I think, a bit of a challenge, probably coupled with also the pressures of being a young champion. Uh, Sai Kamatani has broken through that, but I agree, like, she began to find that before joining Queen's Quest. And Azumi, yeah, whenever she gets a chance to maybe be more boisterous, she's very good at taking that, but she does bounce between being the stoic queen style and being a kid, which, okay, she's a bit older now, but she still has that kind of playfulness which comes through, especially when she's with, like, a Miyu Amasaki and can kind of be a little bit more relaxed. 100%. Um, Mm. Now get us back on track. That's my fault. Uh, We kind of brought us out of that. Um, I thought Hana as Andras Miyagi was incredible. Mm. Pulled it off to perfection. Kind of hated doing it at the same time. <laughs> I think it was the hair. Yes. Like, having to get the hair that way, she realized the pain that Miyagi actually goes through. Yeah, that's why uh, Miyagi left. Uh, she didn't want to do the hair anymore. <laughs> that's the only, the only reason, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's it. And then, of course, we got Miyagi playing Hana, which I actually, you know, for as good as Hana did Miyagi, uh, she delivered it right back. And maybe the fact that they both got to play each other and could bounce off of that really worked well, I thought. Um, Yeah. In terms of other people who stood out, like you mentioned Tora doing Itami is a lot of fun. And I think, like, seeing how well they work together as opponents. Yeah. You see how they sort of interact here. You realize they're probably quite good friends behind the scenes, mm. and that allows them to a have fun in this situation, but also really deliver when they're facing each other in the ring. That's all they did. That's all this was was having fun. You know, like yeah. everyone had fun, except uh, for Kagetsu. Except for Kagetsu, Kagetsu had to be Arisa. And Kagetsu did not like being Arisa. Uh, you put it perfectly here in the notes. It looked like Kagetsu lost a bet. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone just like the crowd lost their mind when they saw Kagetsu have to walk out there in full Arisa Hashiki look. The white and pink Arisa gear too. Yes. Doing the kicks kind yeah. of not really half-assing the entire intro um it was perfect mm. like this is exactly how you want kagetsu to change like costume change right yeah. everyone that costume change with kagetsu is just this badass and you're like this is the greatest thing ever and then kagetsu has to dress as someone and kagetsu ends up having to dress as the smiley arisa shiki which yeah. is again perfection and just was a lot of fun during the match and got to play off of on so many levels. Because obviously, like, you had my address as Starlight Kid, so you've got the quote-unquote stars connection with the Arisa Hashiki version of Kagetsu. You had Tan Nakano, who's dressed as Momo Watanabe, who instantly sees Ren because she sees 
quote-unquote Arita Hoshiki. Then you get Jungle Kiona, who is pretending to be Tam, also pretending to see Red because she quote-unquote sees Arita Hoshiki. It all just plays off of each other perfectly there. And because they're all in the same corner, they're all pretending to essentially be stars there, waiting for everyone else to come out. So while they're doing that, they're just kind of poking fun at each other while they're waiting. And yeah, the amount of inside jokes that are going on in that ring that we're not privy to is a real shame, but a wondrous masterpiece in of itself. One, 100%. (laughs) And I think... If I had to pick a favorite from this match, oh, we didn't even say it. Saki Kashima. Let's talk about Saki <laughs> Kashima. Yeah. Saki had to play Hazuki, which I forgot she was playing Hazuki. <laughs> I was like, isn't she just isn't she just being Saki? And I was like, it oh really wait a minute, feels like a prelude. Yeah, because obviously Saki would go on to be part of Wayotai, but like mm. that's pretty much the character she played. And you right. get to see a bit of her versatility in the ring too. Because she's yes. doing the Hazuki stuff, which is antithesis to what she is as a wrestler. She's a cowardly wrestler. She's not hard hitting. She doesn't run the ropes like that. You, you forget how good she actually can be in the ring because of that. But when she pretends to be Hazuki, she does a great job of it. She does. She does. Um, so that was that was a good one from early on. Everyone just, they really killed it. Um on the Kashima thing, we do have to also bring attention to the one wrestler who got eliminated before everyone got in the ring. Like, this was just the waiting battle royal, except for Natsu Samira, who played a version of Saki Kashima. Now, this is when Saki was still in stars and kind of maybe hiding away from her real identity. Natsu Samira, through this time, would just annoy her relentlessly. She would sing her theme song, encourage her to be the real Yankee version of herself. Yankee in Japan kind of refers to sort of a Ruffigan sort of, in Australia we'd call them bogans. I'm not sure what you kind of refer to them outside of that. Maybe rednecks in America is the closest example of it. And so when Natsu gets the job of playing Saki Kashima here, she plays the real Saki Kashima, comes out with the the bleach blonde hair, pretending to be smoking, tracksuit pants, coming out carrying a Don Quixote bag. Um, and she doesn't last long, although she tries to come out and celebrate with stars after the fact, the, the stars wrestlers afterwards, because she was Saki, so she was a part of stars. Um, and it, like during the early stages, like this is a real highlight for me was that little gimmick and playoff of the ongoing storyline but also just the the example of when maybe keeping it real goes wrong in the costume change battle royals yeah i i just everyone everyone brought something everyone brought the imitation to another level Mm. they all played to the character that they were portraying which i just think is so important to making this work because if you're just being dressed as a character that isn't enough like Mm. if that's all they did i don't think you and others would be wanting it back it's it's the you know the moment was hitting the 619 it's um kagetsu hitting the brazilian kick it you know it's things like that it's it's attacking the faction that you hate Mm, mm. it's so simple yet it's so effective and it's exactly what makes these matches so 
special. And what also makes these matches so special is that Mayu won again. <laughs> and we will take every opportunity for Mayu to win a match of note. Um yeah, I'm still I'm still recovering from you know, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's okay, Scott. It's okay. It's a safe sort of. space. It just it hurt. You know, it hurt. I know I know it hurts, Scott. But we, we can move on and we can move forward. You know, times have changed. Things have gone gone forward. She did should have won the IWGP title first. It's okay. She has it now. She's she's held it longer now than she would have if she won it. Yeah, I know, but some people wouldn't blame her for something that's not her fault. <laughs> mm. So Whatever. so while Scott recovers, um, you know, he's absolutely right when he sort of says that you, it's seeing the full commitment from the wrestlers that makes this work so well. There were a couple of wrestlers in both years that, I don't want to say didn't get the assignment, but maybe just didn't feel comfortable in their assigned roles or maybe imitating their you know, fellow colleagues. And it does kind of show, unfortunately, but the vast majority of them do lean fully in and it's just a lot of fun. And it's why, yeah, people like me in 2023 are begging for it to come back and see the 2023 stardom roster lean into this kind of thing because I think there would be a lot of fun to find in that. And I know Scott had a couple of questions he kind of wanted to close out with, and I might be related to that if I had to formulate a guess. I, I don't know the questions ahead of time, but knowing how we kind of discuss with kind of these things, I, I've got an inkling it could be like, who would I want to see play who in a, a exactly, current edition? That's exactly what it was. However, I do, I do want to say before that, the hope that I had with Stardom and Showcase was a match like this. I will yeah. admit that first and foremost. Mm. And once it became apparent that it was just coffin matches, I was like, <laughs> all right, we can get rid of this. Um, but with the Halloween thing, there's still a chance. You know, put out all the wrestlers that aren't wrestling. Have them mm. dress as the main eventers. I don't care. You know, like, give that to me. Imagine Walker dressing as, like, Julia. Like, come on. <laughs> like these are the things we need in our lives yeah. people yeah you know like this roster now is so loaded they would have so much fun with it mm. right like this 2019 roster like the 2018 roster did um so that's what i'm asking for does anyone out there listening to me that can make this come back rossi ogala i'm talking to you my friend bring it back and make sure mayu wins when you do Thank you. <laughs> the one, the one other rule, like bring it back and bring it back where Mayu wins. That's... Well, yeah, we can't, we can't have Mayu lose. You know, no. like, like that would be a crime to the match and the history. Like, there's a historic aspect to this. There's precedent not... here. Exactly. Now, let's get to the questions I had. Yeah. So, of um, who do you think would have the best ma- best mask? if Mask Fiesta was brought back? Oh, see, that's a good question. I, I've got to look at the people who are naturally question. I asked it. extravagant in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Julia is someone Don't pick, who... I was going to say, do not pick Starlight Kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no. Well, hey, based on precedent, she's not the one. 
because she just reverts to being Starlight Kid. And I could see her in a current day Mars Fiesta reverting back to babyface Starlight Kid for one night, which, as fun as that would be, is not going to win Best Mask for me. Um, someone like Julia, I think, like, she seems to relish any opportunity to just go over the top, be it with attire, be it with hair, be it with gimmick work. I think she would probably do the same with the mask. And she's a main eventer, so you could probably justify spending a bit more money on it as well. <laughs> I was not ready for you to just add that. Well, you can spend more money. Um, well, you know, I think that, yeah, Rena's not getting the same amount of money put into her mask as Julia would. That's true. I think Julia's a great choice. Um, hmm. If I had to pick one. Mm. I was good. I only picked one. Yes, you, know, yes, I like you were. I, I usually break on. those rules, but I'm not going to yeah. break those rules this time. I am going to play to my own question. It's just hard because I think there's so many great ones. I think it would be hysterical to see Suzu Suzuki in a mask <laughs> because she would just probably scream the whole time. Mm. I, I actually am going more comedic with both of them. I'm going to say the other one because the, the, this was a, and I break the rules all the time. <laughs> You're doing and so Natsu well. Boy. Yeah. I think Natsu Boy would be an absolute hoot in this the mass situation and she has done mass fiesta in the past and she just has poi on her mask that's mm. what it ha- like it has to have the logo on there and maybe Do you she- know what her mass fiesta gimmick was when she was doing it no i don't poi man let's see it's perfect we'll just bring back poi man actually no we can just do like super poi or super something poi. super yep. poi bye poi poi bye um there's so many things you can do bringing that back for her. Um, and I think Shuri would just have a cool mask, of like a, more of the Julia fit, just be like, yeah. it's badass, of <laughs> course, because Shuri. Um, all right. And then the other question is, of course, mm. costume change battle royal. Yes. You get to pick three wrestlers you'd like to see do it of whoever you want like who are the Mm. three in this current roster that you'd like to see well two of them are kind of paired together um and you you mentioned shuri i want to see shuri play saki kashima because shuri is kind of almost like an evolution of konami in the sense that she has a real good comedic goofy edge that is just overshadowed her overshadowed by her being such a badass and I, I think Shuri would really shine in the costume change battle royal because it's an avenue for her to unleash that goofier side of her. And seeing Shuri, the toughest woman in the company, maybe in all of pro wrestling, playing the cowardly Saki Kashima, doing that kind of gimmick, especially if you then had Saki Kashima playing Shuri, which is what I would also pitch, I think that role reversal and change would just open up so much fun and so much potential. So that would be my pick, um, two of my picks. And for my third pick, it's really honestly just anyone playing my Sakurai because that is the gimmick that maybe has the most you can work with both in the entrance and just in the ring personality-wise. I don't know who I would like to see play that. Mm. Maybe Mirai just because they have that friendship connection. Yeah already and it would be so out of character for mariah to be acting like my sakurai it'd be yeah. kind of fun to see her lean into that so that would be my three so this is going to count as one because i'm just changing them both 
Tam and Julia. Yep. Yep. Just got to do it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't, I'm not even going to explain it. You just got to do it mm-hmm. because the entertainment of them mocking one another, it's too good to pass up. Um, the next one would be Utami is Tam. You're just going to make everyone in the roster be Tam, aren't you? It, but, well, the, those, no, those ones specifically, because Utami yeah. is Tam almost feels like you have to do it. You know, mm. it's like, mm. if you don't do it, you're really missing out on a money opportunity here. And I'm just, I'm just trying to give them money, you know? Um, and then the other one, oh, uh, I'm so tempted between two. I don't know. I mean, you've already so broken many... the rules. So I know. I always well. break the rules. I'll break the rules like 10 more times. Then. You know what? It's only fitting if I break the rules. And I'll let you break the rule if you have an extra one. Um, May Sarah as Megan Bain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I need to explain that one. <laughs> I'm playing to real life feuds and stories with mine, right? But that one, her acting as the powerhouse. It's too perfect. Yeah. With the headpiece that's probably bigger than her. It's it's just too good. And I think Tekla would be good with pretty much switching with anyone. Because she's For really sure. good at doing the character stuff. I mm. think she would be an absolute blast. Um, Maybe the best chance for her to stand out full stop. Because she does sometimes get lost in the shuffle. Even though you like whenever she does shine, it's like, why are you not being highlighted more? But yeah. I could see her wanting to do Megan Bain too because she's already been going after her a bit. Absolutely, I, that's why I didn't pick her because like she mm. did it kind of. Yeah. Um, oh, there's just so many good ones. Like I have to have someone be Nanai. Yeah, and just that's yell I, passion. <laughs> I would love to see Nanai come back for this, partly yes. for that. My only concern would be Aida. Yeah, so it would be great because my one concern would be maybe like with her kind of veteran presence, the some of the roster might be a bit hesitant to mock and imitate her. Yeah, um, that'd be my only concern. She'd have uh, but, to be there. Yeah, and she'd have to kind of maybe tell them, "Look, have fun with it. Go, yeah. go ham with it." But Saida would be perfect for that role. I think Saida wouldn't care. They'd be like, "All right, I'm in." Well, we, we've already seen the rookie Saida lean into that kind of stuff exactly. on the shows we've talked about today. Exactly. Um, I have one more, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I do wish Mariah May was around still, though. I yeah, think there oh, would be some sure. good. I think there would be some good back and forths there. I mean, just we, based we off the Han and stuff, right? We, we got, got to see a bit of that with her and Hanan, which was fantastic, and we appreciate that. We do. Yeah. Any any hint of like the costume change battle royal just sends me wild. Like it's a cheat yeah. code for me to be excited about stardom. Utami is Tam, I do think is the one that does have to happen because yeah. we've already seen her imitator so much, but also putting Utami in Tam's gear. Full entrance. Yeah, elevates it to another level because it's so unlike her gimmick and character. Mm-hmm. Um so I absolutely agree with that. The most interesting one, I think, Starlight Kid has a lot less options now because there's only other one wrestler on the roster who wears a mask at all, and that's Mayu doing the entrance stuff. And she is naturally pretty limited by what she can do, but I think seeing her play Mayu Watani would mm. be a lot of fun because really no one on the roster knows Mayu better than Starlight Kid. I feel like I need to give Mayu one 
just because she needs to win the match. <laughs> you have to see who she wins as. Mayu is sure it would probably be badass. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I feel like that'd be a natural, like, all right, simple, but you're going to get the most out of it, you know? Mm, mm. Or Mayu is Julia. That might be psychotic. <laughs> uh, and she'd have a lot of fun with it, too. Um, I'd like to see Kogama as Tekla because I yeah. think she, she'd have a lot of fun doing the spider gimmick and doing the tarantula and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Ah, uh, I would love that. I would. Who do I want to put in Natsuko? Current Natsuko? See, like, I think Ruaka would do a good imitation of her, but I, I, it's too similar to her current thing. Um, so it'd be fun to see someone else kind of stretch, stretch Micah. their wings. Mike would be a lot of fun. As I think Micah would kick ass as Natsuko, and then we'd be like, yeah. "All right, it's time to turn Micah heel." Because <laughs> like the look would be so good, mm-hmm. it'd be I think it'd be a very natural fit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of good ones. I think May this, this is why we need to have a costume change battle royal in 2023 and or 2024. So Rossi, I know you're listening. I know you're a big fan of the English language podcasts. Um, make course. it happen. Of course, um, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Yes, I, I I think I think because of the New Japan partnership, they'd be very likely to have one or two as a New Japan wrestler. And if that's the case, there's also endless ideas there. Like Starlight Kids dressing as Desperado, one thousand percent, and that'd be sure. awesome. Mm. Um, I I'm not going to give too many, but I just feel like that would be a fun little twist ad. And they're like, I obviously know, but I think I think they for those that have relate like Tam dressing as Tai Chi would be hysterical. <laughs> yeah, just doing the song and everything, even after dumping the poor guy, oh, destroying the guy's heart. That's how but, you keep him on the hook. Exactly, friend zone for life. Anyways, I'm done. <laughs> As, as, as long as Mayu wins. That's all that matters. Bingo. That's all we're asking for. That's all we ever want. That is what I'm always looking for. I'm a simple, I'm a simple man. Mayu that wins. you are. Mayu wins. Repeat. That is all I'm asking for. Uh, but this was a lot of fun. We got an hour and a half out of this. I thought we were going to get like an hour. Little <laughs> did I know. Should have known, but uh, Trent, where can the people find you? So you can join my cause to bring back the costume change battle royal on <laughs> Twitter slash X oh. <laughs> <laughs> at One Up Culture. Um, join the fight; it'll be loud and proud. Um, I've got podcasts, I've got writing. Just find me there, and it's probably the easiest way to go about it. Because half the time, I don't know when I'm going to write something, and yeah, you know, it just happens. Podcasts are a little bit more predictable because of the timing, but yeah, you, you know, but by, by now you know what goes on. You can listen to the Ocean Cycling Show with Scott Ryan and myself, um, Choco Cast, yeah, bit of fun, bit of everything, uh, but yeah, One Up Culture. It's all you really need to do at One Up Culture. Um, for me, I got nothing. You can listen to Ring Post Radio. I talk about things on there. That's fun. That's Thank on the Count Out Podcast Network. Mm. Um, that's always fun. 
I, I, I released my list of excellence this week. Your list of excellence. So my list of excellence. Am I on is, the list? It's a wrestler only. So you would have been. You would have been. It's it's a running gag type thing. It's like people that I just fully embrace, yep. whether it's a joke or not. So like Mayu's on it, obviously. But then there's like Keiji Muto was on it. <laughs> Evil was on it once upon a time. Evil's now in the Hall of Fame, of course. Um, of the list of excellence, much like Keiji Muto because he's retired. Mayu's in the Hall of Fame as well. I'm only naming Hall of Famers because you need to go check out the latest episode to hear the full list. Let's just mm. say it came up because of Mystico. I'll give you that because Mystico loved the guy when I was younger and he was Sinkar and sucked. So you can only imagine how much I love him now that he's awesome as CMLL Savior. Anyways, uh, go check that out. Follow me at Scotty Wrestling on X. <sighs> Not even gonna say the other one. It's X now. The logo is X, so I've accepted it. Or Twitter. Yeah, I I, I could do it. <laughs> and there goes it. the acceptance. I know, I know. Um, content wise, I don't know. Maybe something something will happen. Listen to the Ocean Cyclone show, like you just said. We'll be back next time with another edition mm-hmm. of Stardom Road. We had an idea. I don't remember it. Um, so that's tough. <laughs> That's yeah, tough. Normally, we are better at writing this stuff down, um, but as it happens, we've gotten really bad at writing something. stuff down. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So it'll be good, though. That's a promise. It's guaranteed. That's locked in. I'm glad da- one of I've, us can promise that. I have guaranteed a great episode. That's dangerous territory. Anyways, so long. Farewell for Trent. I'm Scott. Until next time, see ya. This has been a Countout Podcast. So, Curtis. Yeah, man. Countout said we've got to do an ad. I've never done one before. Uh-oh. What should we do? I have no idea, bro. I, I, like, I ever made an ad before. What, what, what are we doing an ad for? I don't know. We just say we're like a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, and we just put a bunch of clips like here. Arguably the most shredded guy. So yeah. you really want to get there, too. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah. We'll see. Heard that here, Michael Richards calling Jay White small compared to him. (laughs) (laughs) Here. I love it. This picture you've painted for me. I I want to hang it up. I want to frame it and hang it up in my my bedroom. Yeah. We don't have a WWE tryout or a New Japan tryout every second week. And now I'm in Bullet Club. And here? Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega. Do you want to just go off about this match? How do you take or talk about one of i think probably the best matches you've ever seen that's an ad right yeah yeah that works that that that's that's brilliant because then all our work's already been done for us and we don't have to do anything aha past us did it present us living in the now look at us look, look at, at us being friggin' brilliant Mate, minimum effort maximum output okada shorts podcast check it out on the count out network at okada shorts rate and subscribe listen or die